high priest were in the service. Torah says that among the garments he wore was a breastplate, an ephod, and a robe, and a tunic of a box-like knit, a turban and a sash. So Torah says about the robe, that the robe should have, on the bottom of the robe, it should have hamein verima, it should have bells, and it should have pomegranates. And it says you should have the, um, the, the pomegranates were this like um, hollow shaped, um, pomegranate shaped uh, uh, kind of material. And it says between that there should be belts. So, so the words the Torah uses are is the bells should be inside the, the pomegranates. So one way of understanding the bells inside the pomegranates is literal. The bells should be inside the pomegranates. However, Rashi says, it's not that they're inside the pomegranates, it's that they're between the pomegranates. There's a pomegranate, and, um, and there is a bell, and then another pomegranate. So there's pomegranates between the um, the bells are between the pomegranates. That's how Rashi explains it. So Nachmanides, um, he has an issue with, uh, with Rashi's explanation. According to Rashi, the pomegranates, Shomalechem, the pomegranates had no function whatsoever. All the pomegranates were just doing, according to Rashi, they weren't, they weren't housing the bells. According to Rashi, the pomegranates were just Shomalechem Asmachem. We're good, we're good. The pomegranates were just there for beauty. They were just there to make it look nice. So, Nachmanides asks on Rashi if the purpose of the pomegranates was just for the, for, to display the beauty of the garment. So then why did they use pomegranates? They should have used apples. They should have been golden apples. That's what Nachmanides said. If it was for beauty, ha! Beauty! Pomegranates are beautiful. Apples, use golden apples. That's what Nachmanides says. Now, the obvious question is, as the Mizrahi asks on the Ramban, why do you like apples better than pomegranates? Because they look basically round. Yeah. It's basically a round-like shape. Yeah. What's the what's the big change you have in there in the apples? They're beautiful, not the pomegranates. So one explanation is, in the menorah, there are also different um, shapes for the purpose of beauty. The menorah had buttons, button-like shapes. It had uh, uh, cup-like shapes on it. And Rashi says about the buttons on the menorah that they were shaped not exactly like this, but somewhat like an apple. So, if Rashi considers apples to be beautiful, and that's why the apple-like shape was the preferred one for the menorah, so then why indeed does Rashi change over here and say that for the purpose of the beauty of the robe, there had to be a pomegranate-like shape? That's how some understand Nachmanides' question. Not a question about the, he doesn't like the shape of the, um, of the um, pomegranates, but we see Rashi himself says that the beauty of the temples associated with apple, and that's why the menorah has apple-like shape shapes, 
So the question is, on Rashi, not on the, on the Ramban, the question is, why does Rashi say for, the, for that for beauty? So for a beautiful menorah, you have to have an apple-like like shape. And for a beautiful robe, you have to have a pomegranate-like shape. The question is, why, why is this considered beautiful for a menorah? An apple is considered beautiful for a menorah? And a pomegranate is considered beautiful for a robe. What, is, what does that mean? What's going on? So to understand this, we have to first explain the whole function of what this robe was about and what the bells were about. What's the purpose of the bells? So Nachmanides says, I'll tell you what the purpose of the bells is. You can't, coming close to the story of Purim, story, story of uh, Esther coming into Achashverosh, and she wasn't allowed to go into Achashverosh without uh, first being invited. If not, anyone who goes into the king's chamber without being invited gets killed. So Nachmanides says, you're going into the Holy of Holies, you're going to such a special place, going to the place of Hashem, so, actually, not, not the Holy of Holies. As we'll see, the Holy of Holies and Yom Kippur, did not wear this, um, this garment. But uh, when you're going into a holy place, to first ask for permission. Don't just go in there and waltz over there without permission. First knock. So the bells, according to Nachmanides, were sort of like sending a message. Hey, I'm about to get there. Knock, knock. Shake the bells. That's how Nachmanides understands the bells. They're sort of like knocking to go into the, te- the temple. But according to that, there's a question. First of all, why in Yom Kippur don't you need to have those knocking? If you're going to even a holier place, you shouldn't need to knock more. You need more of a need to knock. I'm not more. You need more of a need to knock. Going to even a holier place, even even going to the Holy of Holies. How come in Yom Kippur there's no bells? So Nachmanides says. Others commentaries say, yeah, true, that. You should need bells on your kipper too, but the Jewish people are elevated to a higher state than your kipper, and therefore, since we're in such a level of closeness with Hashem on your kipper, there's no need to send an emissary, intermediary to ask for permission. It's like you know, children going to see, to see their, their father. There's no need to have an emissary being sent to ask on our behalf to go to see the king because we're the king's children. King's, king's children just going to the king. That's how. Nachmanides explains this. But according to Nachmanides, there's still a question. If the purpose of the bells was just to ask for permission to go see the king, so you knock and then you go in. You knock and you go in. But according to Nachmanides, what happened actually? You knocked, you went in, and the whole time you were there, you were knocking. The bells made noise the whole time while the high priest, while the high priest was in the temple. There was a constant sound of the bells. The question is, if it's just about asking permission to go inside to Hashem, so then why, why do you need to have these bells the whole time? And it's so important to have these bells the whole time. The Torah says, if he doesn't have the bells, if you don't hear the bells, boom. Then the Kohen God or the high priest gets a death penalty. If it's so important to the service, he has to have the bells the whole time. And if he doesn't have the bells, there is a, um, there's a punishment. The question is, what is the function of these bells, it cannot be just to ask for permission because he's already inside. So there's another meaning of the bells. What's the meaning of the bells? So let's understand this. According to when the Koran God would go into the Mishkan, the Besamekda, the temple, he wasn't just going by himself. It was just a personal thing. He represented in the 
was the emissary of all the Jewish people. And when I say all the Jewish people, it means everybody. He was just representing the upper class, the righteous. He was an emissary of all the Jewish people. There are some Jews who are tzaddikim, they're perfectly righteous, and that's great. What about, what about the rest of us back at the ranch? So uh, there is another way of serving Hashem, which is not like a perfect son, which, which makes a lot of noise. Indeed, the Torah says, Hashem. Hashem is not with a storm. The famous story of this um, blind man went to see the king. Talmud says, the blind man came to see the king of everybody else. Someone said to the blind man, why are you here? You're, you're not going to know when the king comes. He says, I'll know when the king comes. And there's drumming, there's flutes playing, there's an orchestra, and the people next to the blind man, like, he's going to come soon. They want to let him know what he's not going to see. The blind man said, he's, the king's not coming now. After the flutes, and after the drums, and after the orchestra, it's silent. Ah, the blind man says, now the king has come. In a similar way, in our prayers, we have prayers which are stormier, and we have prayers which are quiet. Yom, the highest point of the prayers is Shemana Esrei. And Shemana Esrei, it says, there's a soft voice. Hashem doesn't come with a storm. When you come to Hashem and Shemana Esrei, total silence. You're there, you're at the front of the king, and there's total silence. Your, your lips are moving, but you're, you don't hear your, your voice. Only, I mean, only you hear it. It's not supposed to be heard by everybody else. It's silence. It's a time of a total intimacy with Hashem. No noise. No noise. However, what about if you are trying to get there, trying to come closer to Hashem, and you're dealing with, I don't know if I should eat a McDonald's this morning, I don't know if I should keep Shabbos this week, and you're having these challenges in your work, challenges at home, and you're trying to just make it work, trying to connect to Hashem, and you feel like you are drowning in in, 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 in mundane, mundane things, and you feel a challenge, you feel like, like all these ugly things pulling you the wrong way, and you want to come closer to Hashem. So in that, in that friction, there's noise. There's, there's noise, first of all, in your yearning to come close to Hashem. It's not just like, you know, you just waltz in, into the show. There's a whole, like, thing that accompanies that, that decision. It's a whole, like, storm that brings you to the show. You have to like fight yourself. And you, have, and you have this feeling in yourself when you're dealing with all this stuff, you feel like you're dealing with death, you have to run away from death. When you're running towards the show, you may be going to the same show with the perfectly righteous people, but you're, you're dancing a different dance. They're walking into the holy place, and your approach to the show, or whatever holy activity you're doing is with a whole complex storm. I need to run away from that. I'm going to turn away from all this narish, all these foolish things, and I'm going to come close to Hashem. There's a storm there. You're running away from that. Someone once asked the Baal Shem to, why do Hasidim shake so much when they pray? And Baal Shem to responded, when someone's drowning, so they, they make all kinds of movements when they're drowning. In a similar way, a person who is returning to Hashem and trying to get closer, there's a lot of energy there. A lot of energy is running away from death. He wants to eat, that, that, that is going to produce a lot of powerful feelings, a lot of powerful noise. It's not a quiet thing. It's a noisy thing. And it's just for a Balshuva. It's also for people, it's also people realizing that they have another side in them that they have to contend with. 
famous story about Rashmul um, Munkis. He, when he visited the Alt Rebbe for the first time, so he was looking for the home of the Alt Rebbe, and uh, it was late at night. He comes to Yojna, and he arrives at the home of the Alt Rebbe, and he bangs on the door, and it's late at night. The lights on, and the Alt Rebbe was apparently learning. So the Alt Rebbe answers the door. What, why are you here? So he says, "That's a Jewish house. You know, Jewish people are hospitable. You know, what, 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 what am I? Why am I here? Aren't aren't you Jewish?" So, uh, so the Rebbe said, "If you don't leave, I'm going to have to call my guy, the non-Gentile, who works in my home, to to uh, eject you." So he said, "Rebbe, my guy is bigger than your guy." And he said it with a whole, with a lot of emotion. What's the meaning of the story? The meaning of the story is a Jew is looking for direction. He sees the only place of light is the Rebbe's house. But it comes in the middle of the night. Actually, Rishmol told the Rebbe, I didn't know that a Rebbe has night. That's what God mentioned. I don't know if a Rebbe, a Rebbe has night. No such thing as night by a Rebbe. And I do have night. I do have a Goy I'm contending with. I need your help because of my Goy. And, and my Goy is worse than your Goy. And that's why I need your help. That's the story. So when you feel that you have to contend with an evil inclination inside you, so there's a lot of, of angst and frustration. Like the Torah says, when the Jewish people would pray sometimes, they would blow chauffeurs. They would blow chauffeurs when they were at a time of war. When you feel that you're fighting with an evil inclination inside you, it's bringing you down, you don't just pray, you, 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 you make a lot of noise when you pray. You ask Hashem for help, and you cry and you scream, help me. That's why the Torah says about the angels, called Ifanim, they made a lot of noise. Why make so much noise? They're, you know, they're angels. They felt the distance that they had from Hashem's truth. And that's why there's all this noise in their singing come close to Hashem. They, 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 uh, they had a lot of noise. Although the Torah says, as I mentioned before, Hashem Hashem is not, you don't approach Hashem with noise. Yet the angels do make noise. The answer is, is that it depends on what you're talking about. If you're talking about Yud Kei Talking about the revelation of godliness, which is, which is beyond all creation, a repla- it's talking about a place of pure revelation of Hashem's truth, which transcends creation. Then, indeed, there's no noise. However, if you're talking about making the first steps to come close to Hashem, then there's lots of noise, and that's why the Kohen Gadol, on the bottom of his robe, there were bells. The bottom of the robe means the lower levels of the Jewish people, the people who had to make an effort to come close to Hashem, people who were dealing with the friction of the animal soul, bring them the, the wrong direction. And even Sadiqim, even purpose Sadiqim, just the fact that the soul is in a body, the soul is in a body and he's not in the same way like he was in heaven, there is noise. There's noise in the yearning of it. A tzaddik also feels like a bauchuba in that sense, because a tzaddik is in a physical world and around physical things. And he's not in the same way that he was in heaven. It also bothers the tzaddik. The tzaddik also has a feeling of teshuvah. So that's the idea of the bottom. The bottom of the, of the um, robe, the Kohen Godel had bells. That represents how the bottom, the lower levels of the Jewish people have a lot of noise in their effort to come close to Hashem. It's not just something that um, the Kohen Godel wore for beauty. He was bringing the bells to represent all the Jewish people. It says in the Talmud that the word community, Tzibur, has three letters in it. Tzaddik, Beis, and Reish. The acronym spells the righteous, the average, the wicked. You can't have a community without representing the wicked as well. So in a similar way, the Kohen Gobo approaching Hashem, he wasn't just a personal 
um, making a personal visit. He was bringing and representing all the Jewish people. He wouldn't have the bells. He wouldn't have the, the Jews who are dealing with all these things. He's not the Kayin Gadol. He can't be the Kayin Gadol. And that's why the Torah says that he's, he gets that penalty. Because that's not what a Kayin Gadol is about. Kayin Gadol is about bringing all the Jewish people to Hashem. So if he's not making noise, if not bring the Jews to make noise, he's not, he, he, it's, it's the opposite of his entire role. So that's the way it was the whole year. The whole year the Kayin Gadol wore the robe with the bells. However, on Yom Kippur, the Kayin Gadol came in without the bells. Why? Because on Yom Kippur, it's revealed, as I mentioned before, that we are like Hashem's children. We're close. We're not like distant people who have suddenly arrived. We are like people who belong in the palace, people who come from the palace, people of the palace. And therefore, we don't need the bells. The bells are about distance and returning. And, and the sound that that makes, but in Yom Kippur, it's revealed how we belong there. And therefore, there's no reason to have the bells. In Kippur is revealed in the language of Chassidus Yechidi Eliyachtach, the essence of the soul, how it's always one with Hashem. And therefore there's no, there's no bells. So now let's understand the difference between the pomegranates and the apples. Talmud says that the Jewish people are compared to apples. It says in the Torah, Hapuch um, Kaddishin, in Kabbalah, the, Jewish, the, the word apples associated with holiness. Zohar talks about the Jewish people being compared to apples. However, the Talmud talks about the Jewish people being compared to pomegranates. When do we like pomegranates? When do we like apples? So the Talmud says, the, this greatest sinners of Israel, Peshi Israel, they're full of mitzvahs like a pomegranate. So the pomegranate analogy is used for our having mitzvahs despite the fact that we are Despite the fact that we're the sinners of Israel, we're still full of mitzvahs. But the word pomegranate is, not, it, on the one hand, the Talmud saying, despite the fact that we are so low, we're still full of mitzvahs, like a pomegranate is full of seeds. However, that's despite the fact that we're doing the wrong thing. So pomegranate indicates the lower levels of the Jewish people. Indicates us being in a state of distance. Yes, we're full of mitzvahs, but we're in a state of distance. Apples represents our holiness, our goodness. Our, 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 um, our higher level, higher level of Jews. So the menorah, what's the menorah about? The menorah has seven branches. Why does it have seven branches? Because there's seven ways of serving Hashem. The menorah represents the soul and the soul's purity and the soul's approach to Hashem. So there's seven kinds of serving, ways of serving Hashem, seven kinds of souls. All right, talking about seven kinds of souls. We're not talking about people in this world making mistakes, talking about souls. Okay, so that's where you have apples. Apples are the menorah. However, the role of the of the robe was to show the Jewish people in this world how they are souls and bodies, and how all the Jewish people have a connection to Hashem. And therefore, what do you have on the robe, says Rashi. Rashi is the one who explains the Torah in a very simple way. Rashi explains every verse in the literal meaning. Rashi says, let's look at a Jew in a literal way down to earth, looking at him down to earth in a simple way. What is he? Rashi says, he's a pomegranate. He may make lots of mistakes, but he still belongs. That's how Rashi looks at a Jew. Rashi says a Jew is a pomegranate. A Jew is a sinner. Yes, he makes mistakes, but he's still a it's still full of mitzvahs. That's what Rashi says the, the role of the me'il is, and that's why the me'il has pomegranates. However, Nachmanides says, if the, who's Nachmanides? 
Nachmanis is someone who explains the Kabbalah of the Torah as well. He does, he does explains the simple meaning of the Torah too, but he also puts into the, in there a little bit more than the simple meaning. He puts in divrechein, words of Kabbalah. He puts in inner sweeter things that are beyond the simple meaning. So the, what is Nachmanis here when Rashi says, "Let's make the robe out of pomegranates." Nachmani says, what are you talking about? Jews? Pomegranates? Let's talk about who Jews really are. If, if the purpose of the Me'il is to show the greatness of the Jewish people, and the pomegranates are there to show the beauty of the Jewish people, let's talk about who they really are. The real beauty of the Jewish people is that they're perfect, and they're whole, and they're pure. Let's talk about the inner inner soul of the Jew. Why are you talking about their mistakes and their failures? If you're talking about beauty, talk about apples. And talk about the Nachmanis adds the word golden apples. Talk about golden apples. What's that? Where does it bring golden? So he says, look, we're talking about Jews. Talk about the inner meaning of a Jew. So I see an inner meaning of a Jew. I see a perfect tzaddik. The beauty of the Jew is that he's a perfect tzaddik. He's a soul that comes from heaven. And therefore a Jew is an apple. And he's a golden apple. He's not a pomegranate. That's what Nachmanis says. Don't call a Jew an apple, a pomegranate, call him a golden apple. If that's the purpose of the, according to you, Rashi, Nachmani disagrees, but according to you, the purpose of the pomegranate is for beauty, then it should, it, the beauty is, of the Jew is, in, is not in a pomegranate, the beauty of the Jew is in an apple. Do, and, we, do we see this term, uh, apple of your eye? To, you know. Apple of the eye, interesting. Um, I, I don't know if, if um, that, that term is used in the Talmud, apple, right? interesting. I, 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 uh, I don't think so. I don't know. It's not used in scriptures anywhere. It's not apple. I I I, yeah. I don't I don't he know. It looks at you like the apple. You know, your secret. I, I don't know. Yeah. All right. I don't know the whole Torah, but Google does. Maybe we'll Google it and find out. All right. So Rashi, however, disagrees, and Rashi says no. Rashi says you should have in the robe of the high priest that represents the Jewish people, represents the unity of the Jewish people. What should you have in that robe? Rashi says you cannot have any. Apples in there, you gotta have pomegranates in there. Why? Rashi says like this the true beauty of a Jew is not in a, a perfect tzaddik. The true beauty of a Jew is in tshuva. When a Jew returns to Hashem with all his complexities, with all his frustration, all his failures, and he returns to Hashem, says the Talmud, the place of a Baal tshuva is greater than the place of a tzaddik. In that noise that he makes in coming close to Hashem, in, in that noise, let's say it straight out, in, in, in the effort to become a Valshuva, there is some negativity there. Some negativity. I was listening to, um, basically the previous Rebbe said, when he left to come to America, he was talking to a group of young girls who had gone to learn Hasidus, and he says, Hasidus gives you strength. Don't use that strength to fight your parents. <laughs> he says that sometimes you, 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 you gain some kind of strength and you use it in the wrong direction. It makes you insolent to the wrong people. So sometimes in the effort to become Baal Shuva, in that effort, it can make you have some negative, other negative character traits there as well. But Rashi says, forget about the negative character traits. Let's look at the, the infinity of the move of Shuva. Let's look at the beauty of that move. Let's look at the this noise. And, and there's a, the reason there's noise is because there's something infinite happening over here. A Jew is coming close to Hashem, and there's a huge force of love and yearning in that move. Therefore, Rashi says, you've got to have in the, in the me'il, in the robe, what is it all about? What's the beauty of the robe? The beauty of the robe is the pomegranates, the Jews who are making lots of mistakes, and yet they're coming close to Hashem, they're coming into the temple. That's what the 
the the robe is about the Rebbe said when he talk, spoke about the subject he said there's also a lesson we learn from Rashi Rashi's explanation vis-a-vis our efforts for outreach some people say you know okay you need to make an effort to reach out to Jews who are not coming to to uh, the holy places who are not we're not aware and knowledgeable and drowning in in um, the mundane things they don't not aware of, of the goodness of Torah you got to make an effort to reach out to them but why the noise why is Chabad so noisy why is Chabad so flashy with their advertisements and so out there in your face so so we see over here the Torah says that the Kohen Gadol in, in connecting with the Jews who need to be brought in is noise and it's part of the service and it has to be noise if, if you want to make an effort to reach out to Jews who are not aware of what you have to sell you've got to make noise and the noise is important and it's part of the service and that's what I wanted to share today any questions or comments or criticism all right great day great day David great day Chaim Peretz thank you Avramo yeah.